Yo, is this thing on? Man, whatever. Walk with me. Welcome back to Walk with TFB. Tim Bryson here, and as y'all know, I'm a black millennial who is eager to have unfiltered conversation with authentic people centered on education, sport, and culture. Now, today is not a Tim Talks episode, nor is it an episode with any of our guests um, who are part of the Buy Black Season 3 series. Uh, but this episode is recapping and giving the audio version of our recent panel entitled The Black Vaccine Hesitancy Program. The purpose of this program was to bring four black healthcare professionals who work in a variety of different uh, functional areas to really discuss and address skepticism uh, and reluctancy in the black community regarding the COVID-19 vaccination. Uh, this panel uh, was rich with not just information, but also black excellence. Um, and for many of those who were able to attend the live session, uh, really got a lot out of it. Uh, so I decided that not only will we upload the video recording to our YouTube channel, uh, but also uh, include the audio recording on the podcast as well, um, given that we're always talking about access, access, access. And so I want to provide another uh, avenue for us to be able to access this information uh, not just for ourselves, but to share uh, with our family, our friends, within our community and networks. Unfortunately, I forgot to press record when I introduced myself. Uh, so for those who are just now tuning in uh, to the podcast, again, my name is Tim Bryson. I'm an educator. I'm a doctoral student and also an entrepreneur. I'm also the founder and host of Walk with TFB. Um, but what you're going to hear next is uh, my co-moderator, uh, featured Dr. Harry Titus, introducing himself to the panelists and to those who were attending the event on last night before we get into the rest of the program. So again, thank y'all for tuning in. I hope y'all take something away from this panel. Uh, please, 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 please share this information, share this episode, share the YouTube channel with anyone who is still hesitant, who is still reluctant, um, and who is still skeptical about receiving the vaccine. I want us all to be vaccinated. Uh, summer 2021 is all about vax gang only. Uh, freedom papers uh, but nevertheless hope y'all enjoy this episode let's walk from a very small town uh maysville south carolina um and i'm currently a doctoral student getting my doctor of education in organizational leadership uh from gardner webb university um as tim mentioned uh it is as for a lot of you all that may not know tim and i met a few years ago and um it's not uncommon that Tim and I will randomly text each other with an idea, a thought, um, a meme, you know, whatever. Um, and so uh, around March 5th, uh, Tim randomly texts me, as, as we do, um, and said, hey, bro, you got your vaccine yet? And I said, well, I've gotten my first shot. Um, so I've got I got the Pfizer uh, vaccine. So I got I told him I got my first shot. He's like, all right, cool. Like, I'm vaccinated. Um what do you think about this program? And so we started flushing out some ideas about the program and this is where we are today. Um, Tim and I are both in circles of, of folks that are hesitant about uh, receiving the vaccine. And so we thought that, you know, maybe bringing in some folks that are either on the front lines or doing the research and doing the work um, to sort of come together and sort of uh, answer some of the questions that you all may have. And so um, we're really excited about that. And a few things I just want to uh, remind y'all um, of as some sort of housekeeping rules. I know that a lot of us, we've been on Zoom probably for the last year and some change right now. So um, I'm sure these things are are not new to you all. But um, if you have any uh, questions during the, the conversation, please feel free to uh, private message me using the chat function. 
um, and we'll get that question answered for you. Um, in addition to that, um, please, please, please remember to keep your microphone mute, muted um, just so that there's no um, extra noise or any chatter in the background while folks are trying to get some information out um, to you all. Um, and other than that, please engage, have fun, take some notes. Um, and, and, you know, our goal is to be able to give you all um, some information to be able to go back out in, the, in your communities to share with other folks. Um, so I'll turn it back over to future Dr. Tim Bryson. No, I appreciate that, Harry. Uh, so as we, before we go in, get into any questions, I want to make sure we introduce our guests. Um, so I'm going to upload their bios in the chat, uh, but bios simply don't tell the full story in regards to who our guests are, where they came from, but also why they're passionate and currently work um, in the healthcare industry. Uh, so I'll start with Alexis Banner before moving to Dr. Drayton, uh, Dr. Frakes, and then Tunde. Uh, but just, uh, Alexis, tell us more about your story, right? Your background, hometown, uh, credentials, um, but also which vaccine you received um, as well. Absolutely. Welcome, everyone. Um, hi, my name is Alexis Banner, and I'm actually a registered nurse um, by trade, and I also have my MBA um, as well. And so I started off working bedside nursing, um, specialized in cardiology, um, and I did the transition to consulting about three years ago. Um, so although I don't make um, direct patient care right now, I still am making an impact. And I think for me, um, that's always been a passion of mine to make an impact in patient care. Um, and so as far as my credentials, I mentioned um, my undergrad is from the University of South Carolina and my MBA is from Frostburg State University. And I received the Pfizer vaccine. I wanna say I'm fully vaccinated about a month out. And um, side effect wise, I only had mild to, you know, tenderness on my um, soreness in my arm and no other side effects other than that. So I'm excited for this conversation today. Good evening, everyone. My name is Kayla Drayton. Um, as Tim said, I'm a doctor, so I am a general surgery resident at the University of Connecticut. I have my training at the University of South Carolina for both undergrad, graduate, and then the university, the Medical University of South Carolina. Um, so I'm originally from Charleston, South Carolina, and I'm happy to talk to you all about getting the vaccine, talking about more about the Black community and whatnot. Um, I got my vaccine in January of this year and I received the Pfizer vaccine. Um, just like Alexis said, I had very minimum in the beginning when I got the second vaccine, when I got the second dose is when I kind of really felt fatigued, but we'll get into a little bit of that. Good evening, everybody. This is uh, Matthew Frakes. I have my PhD in nutrition uh, from University of Mississippi. I also graduated my undergrad and my master's from Bowling Green State University. Uh, where I was a student athlete there as well. Um, so I have my I'm a registered dietitian. I'm a CSCS, certified strength conditioning specialist. So obviously I work in athletics uh, here at the University of Louisville. Uh, I'm the sports dietitian for men's women's basketball. And also I work with volleyball, lacrosse, and softball too. Um, and been here about, for about a year prior to that, I was working as a clinical dietitian um, and also working as an assistant dietitian at Ole Miss um, after that. So I haven't received my vaccine yet. My schedule is for tomorrow at 11.03 a.m. promptly. So I will be there for the, uh, the Jensen, <laughs> the Johnson and Johnson. Uh, and obviously that was because I have been traveling like no other. Uh, there, I was lower on the tier as far as for those that was able to get it. Um, our, obviously our athletic trainers and our sports medicine physicians, they were the ones that got it first. And during that time I had to travel. I was in a bubble in San Antonio for two weeks. And then prior to that, still wasn't qualified to get it yet. So, but now it's my time. 
Hey, good evening, everybody. Uh, my name is Tunde Oshikoya. I completed my Master's of Physician Assistant Studies at the University of Florida in 2018. I'm currently a PA practicing in the Atlanta, Georgia area, uh, working between urgent care, uh, emergency medicine, and a local COVID-19 testing site. Um, I have received, as of last week, the Pfizer vaccine. Um, asked me why I'm so late in the game. Uh, you know, I'm black first. So, you know, I myself had skepticism, even though I am, you know, part of the healthcare uh, sector. So did my research, uh, you know, went with Pfizer um, and what I have maybe another 17 to 16 days before I get that second dose. So I'm happy you all can join us. Um, it's going to be a great conversation. Thank you to uh, Harry and Tim for creating this uh, environment, this safe space, and I'm looking forward to it. Now, thank y'all for introducing yourselves. Uh, so one thing I did not mention, I failed to mention, is that this is a community conversation. Uh, so of course, Harry and I will be facilitating the conversation, moderating. We have four esteemed uh, panelists, uh, really black, excellent uh, panelists, uh, who will share more information about not just their expertise and professional uh, knowledge, but their lived experience as well. Uh, but you all have, have equal part um, in co-creating co and co-constructing a space in which we can all learn from today. Um, but before we go uh, in, into any questions that you all have submitted uh, through the registration process, I uh, want to read the room. I uh, want to read the room and figure out not just who's here, but also what's, what's y'all's experience been like uh, with the COVID vaccination up to this point. Uh, so on your screen now, you should see a poll, um, a poll that has six questions um, related to uh, not just the vaccination, uh, but also your feelings toward the vaccination um, as well. Uh, so just take the next couple of minutes um, and answer the questions on the screen, uh, on your screen. Uh, all the questions, of course, are anonymous. Uh, so again, we won't know who answered what. Uh, but want to get a, just a feel of the room in regards to who is here, uh, but also why you're here as well. There we go. We know how to work a poll. That's good. Good, good, good. So most people currently, okay. Yeah, so as I get scrolled down to question four, what's your comfort level talking about the vaccine? I like those who selected five that Google is free because it's still free uh, even today. Um, and then question five, yeah, general feelings toward the vaccine. Everyone's trying to be outside, most definitely. Good, just take the next 30 seconds and finish answering the questions if you have not done so already. Awesome. So as we look at the, the results of the poll, right, first question. So most people, 75% have already received one dose, if not uh, the entire dose, if you got Johnson & Johnson, which is great. Uh, question two, uh, most people are scheduled to receive and or have not, excuse me, have already received it, uh, but there are a few that have not uh, totally fine, which is why we're here today. Uh, question three, right, which one did you receive? Pfizer seems to be in the lead, uh, but we're going to talk about the difference between the three vaccines, uh, but Moderna and Johnson & Johnson are coming uh, second and third, respectively. Uh, comfort level talking about the vaccine. So most people are like, yo, Google's free, don't ask me, which I get. I respect that as well. Um, as far as general feelings toward the vaccine, uh, most of us are just ready to be outside and travel, I'm sure. 
Um, and then three quarters of us have had someone personally affected by COVID, uh, which I honor and want to respect as well. Um, and, and keeping us and really grounding us with that poll, I want to just uh, name the fact that uh, many of us have had people who have been personally affected, um, yet not just within this room, but there's also people that we may know within our family or friend groups uh, that are still hesitant, reluctant, reluctant, excuse me, and skeptical to receive the vaccine. So I want to start with Dr. Drayton and just talk to us more about like, what is the vaccine, right? We didn't see the fact that, you know, there was a black woman who helped to create it, who had a, a, a integral role in helping to create the Moderna vaccine. Yeah, there's like, are you Pfizer? Are you Moderna? Are you Johnson & Johnson? So Dr. Drayton, just talk to us more about like, what is the vaccine? Right. So for, to begin, I think that we should have like a, a little basic understanding of like what the virus is. Um, so the coronavirus is like a coronavirus. Um, that's the big grand scheme of it. Basically, it's like a ball with things attached onto it. And those things attached to it are the proteins that in, in essence kind of make up the virus that's, um, in itself. So the vaccines, both Pfizer and Moderna, um, what they utilize is the mRNA um, sequence. So that was a lot of the hesitancy with a lot of folks of getting the vaccines because they're like, I've never heard of the mRNA vaccine. Like, how are you doing this? So basically what they do is they take the little attachments that are on the virus. So how I kind of look at, think of it too, is like a basketball with the little bumps on it. So the little bumps are like the proteins that you want to take and you want to use that to create the vaccine. Um, so that's what both Pfizer and Moderna did to create their vaccines. And in all honesty, they did a great job. Uh, the mRNA va uh, vaccines and doing all of the research behind that is technically new. However, it's been out for like the past three years. Medicine in a sense is behind and it's very behind when it comes to technology and whatnot. Um, you can really say we're behind by 50 to 30 years if you really wanna be honest. Um, so there's things that have been going on, especially in the lab that we in the public have not heard about um, because it just hasn't gotten a chance to become to fruitation. Um, so those are Pfizer and Moderna. Uh, Pfizer vaccine and both the Moderna are two doses. So you received one and then with Pfizer, you wait 21 days later and you get the second dose. With Moderna, it's additional 28 days. Um, however, with Johnson & Johnson, it's a single vaccine, it's a single dose. Um, the efficacy of both of them, Pfizer, I think right now is at 95%, Moderna is at 94.1. And with the Johnson & Johnson, it has, there were like several different numbers that I saw when I was looking at it. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think, let's see, overall, I think it's 72%. And then uh, when it comes to a severe disease and trying to uh, minimize the effects of that, you're at 85% efficacy. Um, so all three of those are great options for individuals when you're coming from a standpoint of not being vaccinated or having any type of prevention at all. When you come from zero to 60 or zero to 100 or whatever, you're doing great. To be honest, if you're above 25, I'm fine. So that's when we really need to get a lot of people uh, vaccinated with these vaccines so we can accomplish herd immunity. And so Alexis, talk to us more about, I know Dr. Drayton just mentioned, right? There's different um, efficacy levels be between the three vaccines. But again, some people are like leaning towards Pfizer. I know uh, Dr. Frakes have mentioned getting Johnson & Johnson tomorrow. So is one vaccine more effective than the other, or should we be more cognizant to, to receive one vaccine over another one? Yeah, I, that's a great question, Tim. I think overall, like thinking about the Black community, um, two things come to mind are access and like information and education. And so for me, um, I would recommend sometimes access includes not being accessible to having all of the vaccines or the choices to have Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson & Johnson. Um, for me, when I registered 
it wasn't really a choice. Um, it was a Pfizer Moderna clinic and they, you know, put me in a line. So I think in terms of, you know, Kayla mentioned, Dr. Drayton mentioned the efficacy, 95, 94%. I think just having the shot and having that access to getting the shot, um, you're, you're, you're heading in the right direction. So I would recommend um, for those that, you know, have clinics in their area or facilities, um, and you're actually on the side of wanting and interested in getting the vaccine, um, there's not much difference in terms of, you know, having the vaccine and being um, protected from COVID-19. So I hear you, right? Um, and Tunde had mentioned it earlier, and I didn't share my own personal story, but I had no intention of getting the vaccine. Um, I don't get the flu shot. I don't trust the flu shot. I haven't gotten a flu shot in 27, 28 years that I've been alive at this point. Uh, but Tunde, you also have some hesitation and reluctancy in regards to getting the COVID vaccine um, itself. And so talk to us more about, like, what, one, what are the benefits to which both Alexis and Dr. Drayton have mentioned? Um, but two, there hasn't really been enough time to really identify and evaluate the long-term side effects or consequences. So talk to us more about what are the benefits and how you made that decision to get it, uh, although we don't know uh, down the road. Right. So, um, you know, I don't necessarily know the entire makeup of the audience, but it seems like a majority of us are black. And um, the reason why I said I was black first was that, you know, this country has kind of a long history of um, an ethical uh, clinical practice, you know, whether it's like, if you want to talk about Tuskegee between the 30s and 70s, um, you got the Puerto Rican uh, birth control trials, Henrietta Lacks. So going into it, you know, of course, initially you're going to be presented with that skepticism. But um, after research, after doing my research um, and just understanding how vaccination works in general, um, you know, I was I was able to kind of you know shy away from my uh, inherent skepticism and you know rely on evidence-based uh, medicine, which is what we all use on a daily basis when, as it um, pertains to medicine. Um, as Dr. Drayton alluded to, herd immunity is the goal. Um, I think right now, currently as we stand, I think 30% of the country is vaccinated, um, which is better than where we were six months ago, but we still have a long way to go um, if we want to you know, essentially try to get rid of this thing. Um, we're working from behind the curve, if you think about it, um, you know, in terms of uh, what it originated, I want to say in Wuhan, China in 2019, um, we had our first case here in either late February or, or early to mid-March of last year. Um, but we didn't, you know, actually address it until April, May. So uh, by that point, you know, in terms of dissemination, the virus was, was everywhere. Um, so now it's kind of you're working from behind the curve. You're trying to, you know, have these social distancing policy, policies, you're trying to limit travel trying to close businesses, things of that nature. But now we have this vaccine um, that could potentially accelerate all of that so that we're not, you know, on lockdown for another year, essentially. Um, you know, so in terms of what the whole benefit of, of the, the vaccine, the whole idea behind it is so that we can achieve herd immunity to some degree um, or to some relative degree and try to uh, regain some sense of normalcy. Um, now, of course, prior to COVID-19, if you think about it, hygiene was not a priority for us. Um, a lot of like a lot of the things we were doing, um, you know, just wasn't best practice. So I think there's a little bit of beauty in what happened has happened over the last year as far as people just being more aware now um, and taking health serious, seriously. Um, you know, so I think as far as the, vac the vaccines are concerned, you know, I know you said that, you know, you, you don't get the, the flu vaccine on a, on a yearly basis. Me, I get the flu vaccine. 
Um, I think <laughs> um, I, th I think that's another thing or another issue too is that you know vaccines have been so effective that we actually didn't we never had to witness the effects of like mumps, measles, rubella, pertussis, diphtheria. So when we're seeing like what so for us it's like oh you know that's not that's not a thing like that's never been a thing so why why even get vaccinated and the reason why is because you don't want COVID nineteen to continue to be a thing. You don't want that to be something that you know is is in the present. The same way that um, those other diseases are are of the past. You know, you want to you want to keep COVID nineteen in the past. You don't want that to be a recurrent thing. Um, so you know, long term effects of, of the vaccine. That's you know, it's science. So you know, I I try to educate all my patients and be honest and be um, you know as transparent as can be. And and when I say that, I mean of course we don't necessarily have all the data to say exactly what's going to happen long term but what we the data that we do have show is promising and shows that as as far as um you know people receiving the vaccine there is a certain degree of efficacy there is a certain degree of um you know cases declining now we have the UK variant which is going to be a whole nother beast um but as far as that main covid-19 um uh, strain that we were dealing with for the last year that's you know steadily coming on down. It's still an issue, but it's steadily steadily coming on down. And I do think that's with the advent of uh, the mRNA vaccines. So I appreciate that, Tunde. Uh, so before we go to Dr. Frakes, um, I know I'm not a medical doctor and don't want to pursue medicine any further at this point. Uh, but y'all mentioned the term uh, herd immunity, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so Dr. Drayton, just talk to us more about like, what what is that? What does that mean? Yeah. So basically, herd immunity is. Um, you take a group of 10 people, for example, um, actually, but me, I'll put this in basic terms. 10 people go to a party and let's say one of them have, a, have co uh, corona, the coronavirus. Most likely, if they're all in close quarters, all of them will have, um, will, get the, will get the virus. However, with herd immunity, let's say with those same 10 people before the coronavirus, let's say a good seven of them, seven out of the 10 got the vaccine. Those three people who did not get the vaccine, if they're all still hanging out with each other and whatnot, and we have a good proportion of the people who have received the vaccine, they're un very unlikely that they will um, be affected by the coronavirus or anything like that. So when you wanna put this into the grand scheme of the entire population, if we have over 70% of the people in the United States with the coronavirus vaccine, then the other 30% of people who may have not been qualified for it, so especially the adolescents who are not um, right now um, applicable of getting the vaccine, those individuals will not um, be affected by it because they have enough people around them who are protected against the vaccine. Um, so another way to think about it too is how we always say in the black community, it takes a village to raise a child. It's gonna take a village of us to protect us against the coronavirus. That's well said, I appreciate you breaking that down. I think that's why people are starting to plan trips right now with uh, Vax gang only members, uh, which I know Exactly. Several, exactly. Several, we'll my, together several like, my people are there. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> hey, we're gonna talk about. So we're gonna talk about it. Hey, but Dr. Frakes, talk to me, man. Right? Because you're the first person I know that's getting this Johnson and Johnson. Uh, so did you do your research on Johnson and Johnson in particular? Was it is it access access thing? Talk to us more about why Johnson and Johnson. Uh, man, honestly, it, it was it's a little bit of both. So it was with the first one that was that was gonna be accessible for me to take since I got back. Um, that, that was one of the reasons why, but before I actually made the appointment, because the, my athletic trainer told me like, Hey, Frank, since it's available for you to go ahead, seven appointment, seven appointment. 
And this was last week when he told me when I got back, I didn't set up an appointment. And that was because of the simple fact of I, I was hesitant on doing it. Um, and it was also having discussion with my wife and everything too as well. Like, hey, do you think that it will actually have some effects with infertility, things like that, uh, that are common things or misconceptions or things that are part of the information that's, that's being part of like, okay, what's some things that we want to discuss with that? And uh, I, I, we just found out that she's pregnant now. So as far as infertility thing goes, I have two kids. I have one now, one on the way. So I'm fine with that. I'm good with two. So that was like one of those things. Okay, that, that's fine. We can throw that out. <laughs> but um, but to, to go back to the Johnson & Johnson, I read that it was like what between the 60, you said it was like 72%, 73% as far as efficacious. Um, and I was looking more so on the CDC website and everything and looking through that. And honestly, that that's kind of the one and done is what kind of sold me on it was that was that was part of the reason not have to wait, um, get a vaccine or get a shot then have to wait 28 days and have to get another one because I don't know what my schedule was like. Um, so that and I felt that was fair to think that way. Um, and then as far as on the other on the other aspect of things, I still have questions on as far as like what variants were protect against and I figured that since it was the latest one and probably had enough time to be researched as far as which variants it can have um an, an effect on or you to build immune to since there's so many different variants too so I don't know rather or not that's true but that's part of why I also wanted to jump on the discussion like maybe that's something we could discuss about too like does the different vaccines uh, have a priority or can it have an effect on different variants since we have this UK variant that we're seeing now. Do you think this Johnson Johnson will have more of an effect on that since it's the latest one or the last one to come about? Those are questions. Those are part of the questions that I wanted to ask. But that's why the Johnson Johnson is the last one, one and done. And if it does cause, it's nothing to joke about. But hey, I have two. I'm good. Like I said, we can keep we gonna keep it uh, 100 here, and I appreciate your perspective with that, uh, man. But I see Dr. Dre unmuted. Yeah, so I was just going to go along with that. Um, in a sense, because the Johnson & Johnson is only one shot, um, when it comes to access to care, I was I, I frequently think about this and that the Black community, we always, we, we don't have the best access to care. Being that it's only one shot, we have a we have an opportunity to vaccinate a lot more individuals. We can set up these one-shot clinics to where everyone can get vaccinated and not have to worry about coming back again to get the second shot. It's so frequently that we lose people through a pipeline of that because we can't vaccinate them again and again because of the series of the doses. So yeah, it may seem you know fine for us who may work in healthcare because we're already there, go ahead and get our shot, you know, get the next one. But for those people who live in these rural areas to where they need to travel 30 miles back and forth to get a vaccine, Scene, this one shot that's your best that's your best bet I mean 75 percent efficacy go ahead get it <laughs> but everybody else um I mean it really doesn't even matter to me it's like I said earlier get your vaccine but when it comes to people who have a true problem with access to care that Johnson & Johnson that's it <laughs> question I was literally thinking the same thing oh, go ahead Alexis no, I was I was literally thinking the same thing for healthcare workers. Having that um, two-step vaccine, it's easy for us, but like you said, when when and done. Can I jump in real quick? Go ahead. Yeah, sure. Oh, sorry. So, so next question is so the other thing I thought about was that 
because I was exposed to the amount of athletes I work with that have tested positive, and, and I myself have never tested positive, um, and I was tested three to four times in a week, and compared to this time, once every every day. So with that being said, I figured that was part of the thing too, was that maybe since I'm not being, um, since I'm not testing positive or I'm not getting, even with being exposed to the virus, maybe that's part of, okay, even though it's a lower tier or a lower percentage and being at 70% or 75%, whatever the range is, it's still, I'll, I'll still have the immune system to build the fight against it. But at the same time, I'm already having a good chance against it anyways. So maybe the Pfizer and Moderna, that's part of where, okay, those, I don't know what the eligibility is to that too. Is that something that needs to be considered as well? Just thinking on the whole worldview side of things, like, if you are not, if you're someone that's not really, that you've been exposed to it, not testing positive, is that something to consider as well? Maybe the Johnson & Johnson is something that you can take and allow other individuals that may have more complication to have the fires in Moderna, is, or is that thinking way too far into it? No, in my opinion, I feel like that is where we need to think as far as with more uh, research when it comes to getting more people vaccinated with this. Um, because at, at this point right now, we were in a rush to trying to get the vaccine out so that we can help individuals. We really didn't have the time of trying to kind of find the nitty gritty and being really specific about how we can um, truly I want to say put the best thing forward, but of trying to fully explain it to individuals. We just needed something that would work for what we have right now. Um, so when it comes to research and further um, furthering our research, yes, we build antibodies when we're around people who may have had the virus. And when we get the vaccine, yes, we're building even more of a better immune system. Um, but I think we just need to do a little bit more research in regards to that of how, how that's going to you know truly play out. Um, and I know Timmy will get to the things in the chat as well about some of the questions I just saw pop up. But I feel like right now, it's just a whole lot of research that is continuing to go on on different avenues, whether we're talking about more, um, more antibodies against the coronavirus and different things that we're, you know, we'll, we'll get to inside of the, um, in the discussion. But yeah, research is definitely going along with that. I think when on Pfizer's website, they had a few of those um, clinical trials going on right now. Thanks for that, Dr. Drayton. So I do want to lift up the, one of the questions uh, that they're discussing in the chat a little bit, and it's about fertility. Um, and so they wanted to know if you all can talk a little bit about fertility due to there's not being a lot of uh, data at all um, on that. And that's why a lot of folks may be a little hesitant. So do, you, do any of you have any um, suggestions around folks uh, who have hesitancy because of fertility concerns? As far as I know right now, no. However, there are um, both Pfizer and Moderna, I think Johnson & Johnson as well, are working on clinical trials against the vaccine with pregnant women. Um, we will further see what it is, if it does have any type of effect against fertility. And in my background and in my knowledge that I have currently right now, I think the answer is no. There is no um, effect against fertility. Myself being a Black woman and wanting to have children as well, I got the vaccine. And yes, that was a question that I had, but I still ultimately got the vaccine. Um, because at the end of the day, how I thought about it is that I could have the, I could unfortunately have the unfortunate side of 
the effects of the coronavirus right now and would not even have the opportunity of having children. Um, however, I want to be able to, you know, still go on and do things. And if there is a, you know, some type of consequence or whatever from the vaccine, yes, we'll kind of deal with that at the end, but we just don't know too much right now, but I don't think that there's a, um, any type of impact on fertility. And with, I think I saw something with breastfeeding. It just popped up when I saw that in the corner of my eye. Um, the vaccine is fine for you to take if you are um, breastfeeding currently. That is another way. So when mothers are breastfeeding, you, that's why we ask you to go ahead and get your vaccines and whatnot prior to getting um, pregnant so that you will be able to kind of transfer those um, antibodies to your child. Mm-hmm. Um, so getting the vaccine prior to getting pregnant and whatnot, or if you've already um, had your child, getting the vaccine and still being able to breastfeed is still safe. That's awesome. Uh, thank you again for explaining it out further, Dr. Drayton. Uh, but I want to move us forward in the conversation and keep what we talked about uh, so far. Uh, so just in the first, what, 26 minutes, there's still a lot of questions, a lot of concerns, a lot of commentary in regards to like what the hell this vaccine is. Uh, so I want to first start with Tunde, move to Dr. Frakes, and then back to um, uh, Dr. Drayton. I know Alexis, you're not working directly with patients right now. But what is your conversation like with Black patients about the vaccine? And how, if at all, does it differ with your conversation with uh, Black patients or Black athletes as well? Not, excuse me, non-Black athletes and non-Black patients as well. Yeah, so the biggest conversation or the biggest um, piece of the conversation is always access. Um, Access is part of the reason why um, our community in particular has been affected disproportionately um, due to the virus. Um, you know, we tend to live in impoverished communities. We tend to live in um, areas where uh, the nearest hospital or the nearest facility is a ways away. Um, we may not have the appropriate transportation to get to those facilities. Um, there's a number of reasons why. Um, and then not even to consider the, um, the likelihood of comorbidities as far as hypertension, diabetes, um, again, asthma, COPD. Um, and these things are already going untreated, you know, for whatever reason, whether they can't get in to see their PCP um, or again, going back to just lack of access. So um, a lot of the times when I'm having these conversations with my patients, I always present to them all the options that are available to them, um, whether mm-hmm. it's uh, resources through websites, um, mobile apps, um, things that I can personally do for them um, through our uh, uh, health system. Um, and then I kind of go from there and I just kind of see what best works for them. Um, as far as the, uh, the feedback that I'm getting from patients, like a lot of the patients that I'm actually, and I'm actually surprised by this, but a lot of the patients are, are saying that, yeah, I just had my, my uh, first dose or I just had my second dose. And, you know, I guess I'm surprised by that because I do know there's a, a, a overwhelming sense of skepticism, but, um, especially with the older generation, but a lot of the older generation are, are actually like, you know, they're, they're taking advantage. My parents got both shots. Um, you know, my mother's a nurse. So she, you know, she immediately, you know, was asking me about it back in, uh, I want to say like December, January. And I'm like, you know, they're, they're still doing research. Like, I, I understand. I know, I know, you know, I'm the, I'm the one that works on the front lines, but I'm like, look, there's a lot that's still to be determined. Um, but as soon as she was able to get it, she got it. My dad got it. Um, they're both doing great right now. Um, so uh, I do I do believe that um, the black population is um, coming around towards the vaccine. Um, there are just they just there continues to be those hurdles that will always be there uh, or not always be there. But a lot of the times will um, continue to be a factor in far more conversations than just COVID-19. Again, just with anything involving healthcare, care, um, 
those questions and, and those obstacles are always going to present an issue um, as it pertains to access, um, education, um, and just uh, availability. Dr. Frakes, talk to us, at least from an athlete perspective, I mean, what's, what's, the, what's the vibe, right? You work with the Gen Z for the most part. Are they, they want to get it. They're trying to go out. They're trying to plan. I mean, what's, what, what are they talking about? No, it's it's a good mix. My my conversations are a lot easier because simple fact I had that I'm a referral to specifically Dr. Brittany Richardson here um, because she she's black and also she understands and she's also one of our sports medicine physicians that we have the luxury to communicate with too. Um, so and I communicate with her before I even make my decision as well on that. But as far as communicating with them, it's always hey, that's. <laughs> I'm not the best person to actually respond is I have the same questions as you. So I'm talking to the athletic trainer or the sports medicine position that we have. That's on campus or on site. So that's why I say as far as my conversations are a lot easier to be had because that's not my area of expertise. I'm not going to act like that is. Um, so in that perspective, that's what that is there. No, I appreciate that. So acknowledging the question in the chat uh, from Ms. Gail in regards to uh, she's actually seeing the younger generation is the one that doesn't want to get it. Right. Shout out to Melinda. Very true. Very true. So what's been the conversation? I'll start with Dr. Drayton and then move to Alexis that you're having with whether it's peers, family, colleagues, friends in regards to why it's important, like why get the vaccine? So in the clinical setting for me, I don't necessarily work too much. Uh, I don't work too closely with the uh, adolescents, but on Facebook, I did post something about um, I'm happy to see the my black people getting the vaccine, and I like like you said, I was a lot more older um, generation individuals saying yes, I got my first shot. You know, I'm fully vaccinated. Blah blah blah. But when it comes to the younger generation, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just too much social media going on there, and I don't want to say conspiracy. Um, but I think we all got it. Is there's too many people saying something else and making up yeah. these that is this and it's that and then they're going along with it and when you have that it's hard it makes it hard for us as providers to try and break down those barriers because once you start once you go off the deep end and you really start believing into a lot of the things that a lot of people are saying then it really makes it hard for us to say okay well here's the real evidence I got it talk to me about it because you, you're really almost talking to a brick wall but I've tried and I've tried to, you know, show the fact that I got my vaccine. I got posted a picture when I got the first one, the second one, like I'm ready to take trips. My passport is dusty. It's time for me to go places. So I don't know what more else I can do from a provider standpoint of trying to reach out to them of saying, y'all get the vaccine, you know, posting things because that's where they are. They're on social media. You have to meet your patients or meet whoever you're trying to target where they are. Um, I don't know. You guys can probably help me out because I, I don't work with them too too often for that reason. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. I think um, I'm not in that Gen Z um, generation, but I think there's a level of invincible, like feeling a little bit invincible. Um, like you mentioned, social media is there. Um, and if somebody that they know has not personally been affected by it, I think that comes into play, not just with that adolescent, adolescent stage, but just in general, uh, um, adults as well. Um, but like you mentioned, I think having those facts being transparent, saying you got the vaccine and you've been fine. Um, it is really difficult to, to get through to them. And I think it's more so what's in it for them. Like if they start saying you have to have the vaccine to travel, 
um, you know, that might be something like they want it, they want to start traveling. Um, so I think that's where it lies is they may not see the benefit right now, but if it's going to prevent them from doing something that, that they want to do, um, then they'll probably be more on board. But that's the thing with the Gen Zers though. So my athletes, I have those that tested positive and, mm-hmm. and, and obviously are now testing negative now and everything. And they are still believing the, the, the situation of, no, I'm not getting that. I don't want cancer. No, I'm not getting that. that that's a genetic modifier. That, not even knowing what that means. No, I'm not getting that. I want to have kids one day. Like, mm-hmm. no, I'm not getting that. Like, absolutely not. We don't know what's going to go on with that. Like, I don't want horns growing out my head. Like, that's, that's the stuff that, 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 that I hear and that they say. And it's like, hold on, man. Like, I can't. <laughs> Wait a minute. I, I'm not in a position to answer that. Let me get this person here so they can respond to that for you and tell you about this and actually tell you the facts and the evidence behind it. So, but um, they still, regardless, they, you know, and I, and I don't want to group them all together, but at the same time, like, that, those are the things that they get as far as information and what's being told and what they run with, even if they got the virus and even if they just had those symptoms of, like, feeling like they're on, the, they're on a deathbed or feeling like they're extremely ill and having um, extreme temperatures and everything too as well, losing their taste and still not wanting to get the vaccine regardless because they think that's going to be worse than what they experienced. And they'd rather get that again than have to deal with the long-term consequences of getting that vaccine. Yeah, so I think, you know, everybody has, you know, the the line that they want to draw in the sand Um, because it's interesting that like, you know, with the vaccine, there's all these questions, but right at this Sunday, you know, people in our generation are smoking hookah, binge drinking, you know, <laughs> you know, like partaking in dangerous behavior, you know, so it's like, I, I get it, though, I get it, because, you know, you want to, you want to have a sense of control over your your body and your, and, you know, you want to have agency over yourself, and I, I completely understand it, but it's just like, we know the effects of those things, yet you continue to do that, but, I, so yeah, I, it, like, like Dr. Drayton said, like, it's, it's just, you know, it's always, I think it's just a little uh, bit of difficulty um, definitely, I, I also feel social media plays a, a big part in it as well. Um, you have all this access to information and you can you can pick and choose which side you want to believe. Right. You know, you can really create any narrative you want. All it takes is a post, a retweet, a like. And, you know, we can we can really dead this whole vaccine conversation today. <laughs> so um, it, it's all about what you choose to believe in, um, doing, doing the right research, making sure that, you know, whatever you do believe in is, is properly cited, um, is backed by evidence-based medicine, um, and it's, and it's coming by, uh, the appropriate channels. So before, before we move on, Tim, um, since we were talking about, um, Gen Z, cause we're not, we're, we're taking millennials out of this. So since we're talking about Gen Z a little bit. Um, as I, you know, I've, have heard some of the same thing, uh, Dr. Frakes that, that you hear on your campus. So for, for you all, especially the Dr. Drayton and, and Tunde, when you all are talking to your patients, um, who are hesitant, what are some things you are saying to them that maybe this group can take back and say to folks, um, that are hesitant? So what are some of the conversations like, um, so any tangible takeaways we can, take back and share with our community that you're sharing with some of your patients? For me, um, a lot of people think that, you know, when you have a surge and you really don't have that true bedside manner. Um, But for me, I always stop and take the time to really talk to my patients and understand truly what are their concerns? um, What is, 
what's their knowledge of the COVID virus, um, the, the vaccine itself as well. So when they start and they, talk, and they talk to me about it, a lot of them really don't know that much when it comes to the virus or the vaccine. So just spending that extra time to educate them that this isn't something that's going to harm you in that a lot of people think, that, oh, I'm, you guys are giving me the vaccine. That's not what we're doing. We're giving you the cold for you to make up your, your own antibodies for it. Um, but I just have the conversations and I just be straight up with them. I'm working in the ICU or I go see patients in the ICU and I'm seeing the nurses having to flip them back and forth. Having to go prone, having to be supine, still being hooked up to the ventilator. I walk past one patient's room one day, they're there and the next they're not. And it's like, those are the the moments that I have. And it's like, I'm, these are real moments. And I don't want this to happen to you. I damn sure don't want this to happen to my family. So I really just want everybody to be on the same page about us. And when you're honest and you're being real and just upfront with it, a lot of the people, they see that and they're like, okay, I get it. I get it. When can I do it? And they start asking more questions about it. So you just really got to be honest. And that's how, that's how I deal with every patient, whether you're Black, white, Hispanic, or whatever. But I really try to do it a, a lot more conscientious with the people who are minorities and the people who really need it the most with these comorbidities. When you're not really taking care of yourself as far as your comorbidities, when things like this come up, you're, you're really at a higher risk of suffering from it because we not only just have to treat the virus that you're infected with, but we also have to treat everything else. That makes it harder. Yeah, <clears throat> similar to Dr. Drayton, um, always trying to take the time out to sit down with them um, prior to discharge, ask them if they have any questions, try to really include them in their own healthcare. Um, you know, because uh, you know, you, you'll be surprised. A lot of patients don't even realize like the names of the medications they're taking, the doses they're taking. It's a pill, it's a green pill, it's a white pill. I'm just like, I can't help you if you know if you can't help yourself or if you don't want to help yourself. So I, I'm always trying to um, include them in their own healthcare and, and and really get them to see that you really don't even have to be on this pill if if you t if you make the proper lifestyle modifications and things of that that nature. So um, in terms of the vaccine, I always you know do risk versus benefit, and I try to share that with patients. Right, like you, as Dr. Drayton have said, like you, we've seen cases where it's not even just elder, um, elderly people, but it's um, adolescents that are dying um, abruptly and suddenly, um, you know, whether it's due to uh, respiratory distress syndrome or just other complications of the virus. You know, a lot of people still don't even um, are having breathing complications long after um, their experience with the virus. So there, there's still so much that we don't know um about what's about what we're encountering on a daily basis but what we do know is that there is a potential answer here um you know so i always just want to uh, weigh the risk versus the benefit the known versus the unknown and a lot of times it's the unknown that people are fearful of it's not to say that they believe like uh, uh um like matt said that you know that they're going to get cancer that's like a, a hyperbole but a lot of the times it's just there's an unknown to it and when um you're faced with the unknown a lot of times people just rather kind of lean on their own understanding of things and, you know, uh, create narratives that make sense to them. Um, but it's that's why it's up to us, you know, in our communities to kind of, you know, have those conversations with them and, you know, serve as leaders and serve as, um, you know, people that are going to do the, the, the right thing at all times. Um, so that when we're faced with situations such as these, you know, we have that um, reputation um, as, you know, being believable and as being, um, you know, uh, self-conscious. So. That's uh that's pretty much the conversations that I have. 
No, I appreciate y'all being on, continuing to be honest in this conversation we're having today. Um, and Tunde, one thing you mentioned, right, it's the known versus unknown. Um, and I'm going to name it because y'all named it earlier. I was really lifted to Harry's uh, verbiage earlier in that. There's something going on with these variants. You think, Tunde, you mentioned UK variant. There could be a variant. I don't, I, mean, I don't even know at this point. So, like, Alexis, like, this, this going to work versus the variants that are coming. Well, we need a booster at some point in time. And I'll start with Alexis and move back to Tunde as I saw he unmuted, unmuted as well. Yeah, Dr. Drayton can probably speak to this more eloquently, but um, I do know based on the data so far, um, the minimum of six months of efficacy um, or effectiveness of the vaccine. And it's just right now too early to tell how long, you know, the vaccine is going to last, if we're going to need a booster. I'm not sure um, of that or if anybody's sure of that data, just a little bit too early to tell right at this point. Yeah, so uh, the UK variant, um, otherwise known as B117, um, actually, it, I think there is a new statement from the CDC as early as earlier uh, this morning that said that that's the primary strain of virus that's in the country right now. Um, and what they're seeing is that it's affecting far more adolescents this time, as opposed to, in comparison to um, the elder uh, population like last year. Um, and there's a number of variables or a number of causes, right? You, you have schools reopening, you have um, sports teams playing, um, and, and those younger than 16 aren't even eligible for vaccination. So there's a number of reasons as to why now you're seeing um, younger um, patients being affected by this strain, but it's supposed to be 50% more contagious, um, far more dangerous than last year. Um, and as far as what companies are doing to address it, um, as Alexa said, they are currently um, in clinical trials trials to try to create boosters um, in order to address certain variants um, because they do realize that, you know, that that's going to be necessary in the, in the oncoming months. And then Dr. Dre, did you have anything to add to anything that's been shared so far? No, I think, I think we're kind of on the same page. This is the UK variant that's right now the big, the big factor. And there was a previous other UK variant and then a South Africa, um, South African variant. Um, the earlier UK variant was shown to be, uh, the vaccines were shown to be um, efficacious against that one. South African, I think they only at the time was uh, Pfizer and Moderna showing the efficacy against those. I don't think that there was any data at the point for Johnson & Johnson. However, um, there are two other new vaccines that are in the, in the process of being, um, that the FDA is looking at. Novavax is the one that has shown efficacy against, um, against this new UK um, variant, if I'm not mistaken, that they're still really trying to work towards that. Um, so that's a possibility in the future that we may have this new Novavax um, vaccine that could be possible. Um, I know they had the AstraZeneca, but there was a lot of issues with that in the UK. <laughs> that, yeah, I was gonna say, I was gonna mention that one, but yeah. <laughs> So part of the conversation today has been focused around education, right? Education, 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 access, education. I'm so curious, Matt, to, to learn more about like, what are some of the resources you went to, uh, people you spoke with in regards to learning more about the vaccination process? Uh, I'm actually gonna put a link to one of those that I actually went to, which was the uh, Black STEM Professionals Curating and Disseminating Credible Resources on COVID-19 Vaccines to Black Communities, which is called the Black CIDC. Um, that was one of them I actually went to that had a lot of great articles and resources and actually links that um, that went to not things just like CNN, but actually credible resources and uh, research articles. And I know sometimes it's very difficult to kind of read those things if we're not trained to actually 
uh, disseminate through it or actually read it, but it actually did a great job on having a, um, um, a conclusion to, to those things as well. So that that's one of the main things I went to, uh, to look over because I, and I think it was Dr. Kizzy, um, I, I forgot her name, but it had a, it had a lot of individuals on here. Actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna host this as well. Had a lot of individuals on here of who to follow um, that has information that actually does research in this field on that. And honestly, that's what I went to. So I put that in the group chat there for everybody, uh, for your own reference and resources, but that's what I looked at. And then Alexis, who, any resources you have gone to before we go to Tunde and then back to Dr. Dre? Um, I typically will go to the CDC um, and Becker's for the latest and greatest on you know evidence-based research. Um, and then I do follow a couple of scientists on Instagram and I don't know their names off the top of my head, but they've been um, highly engaged with all that comes with the different vaccines and providing information in layman's terms to, um, you know, those on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, yeah, so I think um, one of the big things is trying to locate a vaccine um, or a site that is um, distributing vaccines. So um, vaccinefinder.org is a resource you can go to um, to find the nearest uh, sites in your community so that you can get vaccinated. Um, CDC.gov, of course, is primarily um, where you can go to um, look up anything the latest as far as uh, COVID-19 is concerned. Um, new cases, deaths, uh, vaccine distribu um, distribution, things of that nature. Um, that's primarily what I've been using with CDC. And along with all of that, um, the CDC, I do get a lot of my scientific journals um, that I get in just because I subscribe to them. I'll see them and I, if, they, if the title is around what I'm interested in, then I'll just read it. Um, but other than that, just like quick little things, a lot of the people that I follow on Instagram are people who I may have met from medical school or just different conferences. Um, Tim, if I come across, I can't think of them, of course, right now, of course. But um, if I think of them, then I'll send it to you so that you can send it out too as well. Um, a lot of people just post like information that we just really need to know, especially when at the time the government wasn't really telling us what was going on. So we kind of were blindsided and didn't really have someone to lean on. Um, so yeah, a lot of that. And then where I went to medical school, the MUSC, they send out constant information about the vaccine, where to go, where they're gonna have little clinics. So I would definitely suggest that whereas your, wherever you are, whatever is the big teaching hospital or something like that, go to their website and see if they have things. Because a lot of times um, these institutions are trying to break down the barrier of access to care so that they can reach out to these people. So always go to those websites. There may and you may even be able to call and they may be able to help you out. Also, um, Office Max and Office Depot are laminating your um, vaccination card for free. So that'd be a good thing to do as well. That's helpful. I did not know that. That's very, very helpful information. Um, so we have one other question in the chat. Um, and it said that, uh, is it true that as long as uh, the efficacy is above 50%, then it's fine. I was initially hearing Moderna preference because of the higher efficacy rate. And anyone can take that one. Yeah, as uh, Dr. Drayton alluded to, um, 
even if it's one percent. I mean, it's not great, but <laughs> um, any any percentage that provides you with um, immunization to a virus is better than your um, natural immune system without it. Um, and then, as far as the efficacy rate, so Pfizer is is actually more efficacious than um, Moderna by, I believe, like less than one percent, or maybe like one point two percent. There and then the Pfizer, I believe, is 21 days apart, and Moderna is 28 days apart. Um, so you can kind of make your judgment there. Johnson and Johnson is more of the conventional method, so they use an actual um, a weakened form of the virus in comparison to the mRNA uh, vaccine methods that Pfizer and Moderna use. So that that'll also that's also good to know because um, the same way you might develop symptoms like flu-like type flu type symptoms following uh, flu vaccination. You know, you may also experience that with the Johnson and Johnson. So, so there's been another question in the chat uh, from Ms. Gill in regards to knowing where to go. They didn't give you a vaccine card after you got both shots. Um, it might, this might be a Maryland thing. I didn't get a card either. But um, does anyone have any got yes? Yeah, we're here. <laughs> any guidance on where to go or how to get a card? Or we just put it as our screensaver on our phone, or, or how we do that. I would definitely go back to where you got the vaccine because you need to know the lot number of what vaccine that you received. It's a whole lot of like little um, little details that you need to know. Um, I'm not sure if they have just a plain vaccine card on the CDC's website, because if they do, then I would just print that out, take it to them, have them to fill it out with the information that you have. And therefore you can go ahead and get get that laminated, but you definitely need to go back to where you've received the vaccine so that they can have that specific information for you. And to follow up on Tony Ann's, Tony Ann's question in the chat, that's a question we can ask when we get vaccinated, right? Like, I need a card or give me a card. Where's my oh, card? Yeah, definitely. They should they should have handed it to you or giving you some type of information with it. Maryland's slipping. Maryland, yeah, they sent me a PDF. I'm like, screenshot it. And like, <laughs> get on this plane. Uh, but I want to be mindful of everyone's time um, and that we will be done by 8.15. Um, so I want to open the floor for any questions uh, from those who are who are still here and attending. Uh, you can either unmute, I'm um, ask your question verbally and or put a question in the chat. We can start with Noel's question. I don't know if you can see that, uh, but laminating the car will nullify your, I thought that's uh, fake news, but um, let me not speak too soon. LOL. <laughs> Is that False. Oh, all right, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, go. get eliminated, eliminated. Yeah, that's weird. I ain't heard that. But I feel like, again, I mean, coming back to that point, though, right, I feel like this information, as I said earlier, you can create a, create a narrative out of anything. And I'm sure that, Tony, that Noel and Shay haven't created their own narratives, but people sharing the information could can deter people from getting the vaccine. And so is it more or less, not even having more conversations like this, but I mean, how come, like, how come people, you know, connect to information, different information, whether it's um, reiterated resources already shared and or additional ones that we could be mindful of as we continue to move out uh, the rest of this year? So as soon as I got my card, I took a picture of it. Um, took a picture of it so I can always have something in my phone that I can share with people. Um, but I don't think that laminating it at all is going to nullify it. So to be honest, I was told that they may actually want to see your card if you're going to travel, especially if you're going internationally, they may want to see it. So the best way for that not to be to get damaged is to go ahead and laminate it. But like I said, I took a picture of it too. So just go ahead and laminate that card. <laughs> 
get the card <laughs> and then we can go from there. <laughs> yeah, I think that's um, moving forward, international travel, right? Because a lot of people don't realize like this is a public a public health issue. This isn't like a personal thing, you know, like people are dying in Italy, people are dying in London, like in Europe. So, um, you know, I understand that like there's this whole narrative that like oh that's discrimination like i should be able to travel but like it's a public health issue you know it's a global issue so i mean you don't want to stay home you don't want to wear your mask but you want to travel without getting vaccinated like you can't do all that so um you know at some point you know unless you just want to stay at home you know by, by all means that's your that's your personal choice but you know at some point you know these governments are going to have to you know make some um health regulations in order to restore the economy and um, get travel back up. And I'm sure uh, vaccination is gonna be part of that. So we received another question in the chat. Um, it says, any information on concerns if first dose and second dose were different, like one Pfizer, one Moderna, they hurt someone, mixed it up. So just curious on that information. And Noel, you what's going on with you and your, your friends? <laughs> okay, so no, listen, listen, the first question was me, but my uh my line sister Bianca is also logged on to my link. So she just asked this one. So look, these are all me. You feel me? Just want to clarify, you know. But listen, y'all said it's fake news out here, it's really out here. So <laughs> you know, we try to get clarity so we can pass it along to the millennials and Gen Z. And, we and need- I'm uh, Sorry, I'm her line sister. I'm a nurse and I passed out the vaccine and I get multiple questions. So I do want to make sure that I'm educating people properly as well. Yeah, we appreciate it. That's a good question. Any any information on that, Dr. Drayton, Tunde, Alexis, that? As far as the side effects, is, if this is what you're referring to, the second dose is what typically we've seen people experiencing more of those flu-like symptoms of side effects. Um, but I'm not sure if that's the question that you were asking. Um, I, I think, and I kind of understand Noah's question, so let me know if it's wrong. I think she wants to know, do you have to get straight Pfizer first and second shot? Or has there oh, been discussion okay. of if you get the Pfizer, the first shot, and then your second shot is Moderna? Okay. To my knowledge, I believe you, you stay on course of the vaccine that you received and you, you, you should be going back to the same clinic. Um, so how, how it worked for me was, you know, if I had, I had Pfizer, so I, you know, had that second dose of Pfizer as well. And there's a period of time where you're observed um, just to make sure um, you don't have any adverse reactions about 15 minutes after you receive your doses. So Anybody else? I think it has to be consistent from, from my own knowledge. Yeah. yeah, it does. Yeah. So I don't know. I've heard that too, that someone got Pfizer and then like when they went back, they got the Moderna. I don't know what Nora was going on at the hospital, but where I work, um, they have it in the computer system that you received the Pfizer for this one. So you're getting this Pfizer for the second one or Moderna or whatever it is. Um, you can't mix and match. And as far as with the uh, side effects too, I've heard that both, I've had some of my coworkers who had the Moderna vaccine and on their second dose, they 
were just like me and I had Pfizer where we were just out. I just felt fatigued. And I don't know if it was just a combination of just being overworked. I was like, I can't do this today. But um, I just felt tired, couldn't do it. And I was just muscle aches and whatnot for my second one. And I had the same similarities for the people who were working with me as well when they got Moderna. So I see someone with the hand raised, Tony. Yes, um, I just saw randomly on Twitter, I didn't even think about this, but someone posted a picture of Pedialyte because they're getting ready to take their second shot. Um, and I know a lot of people are having that flu symptom. So they're trying to do all that remedies they take when they have the flu. Personally, like I haven't had the flu in years. Like I don't get sick. So I'm just asking what are some best practices, tips, advice that you would give to people getting their second shot that would um, experience these symptoms? Yeah, so just as a general rule of thumb, I tell people um, vitamin C, D, zinc, and magnesium, um, just off the strength, just to help boost your immune system. Um, that could potentially reduce the uh, severity of whatever side effects you may be experiencing. Um, Pedialyze more so for electrolytes, so unless they're dehydrated. I mean, that could also provide some benefit there. Um, but normally, I just go with uh, over-the-counter vitamins. Real quick, Tone for my own knowledge, uh, what foods have zinc in it? Or are you supposed to buy zinc? Yeah, I typically do oral. I typically do the film. Hey, nuts, nuts and seeds all have zinc in there, and they're also dark meat and vegetables. That's, that's my whole house. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but honestly, no, to be told, because of the fact that you experience symptoms and depending on the severity of your symptoms, sometimes caloric intake decreases because you don't have the energy to want to eat. And obviously it takes food and it takes nutrients in order for the immune system to have an effect and also work. Um, so that's where I could see why they said Pedialyte, but in all actuality, unless they've been sitting in the bed for days and not drinking any water whatsoever, um, and still it takes water also for you to have those electrolytes in and also still to be adequately hydrated. So um, supplementation, it can work to a certain extent, but it, it, all actuality, you need to just follow a, a steady, decent, balanced diet. Um, try not to eat fast food or a lot of processed foods. Try to actually eat as far as like fruits, vegetables, lean, uh, lean proteins, um, and then also in, increase your nuts and seed intake. And that will help get you a variety of nutrients in there that may help as far as with your immune system. Since this, is, since this is a new virus and since this is a new as far as vaccination, there's nothing as far as nutrient-wise, nutrition-wise, or um, in research that shows any type of evidence that that's going to benefit or that's going to um, increase your chances of, of solving those symptoms. Thank you for that. Uh, so, uh, Dr. Drayton, we had um, a question. You talked about it a little earlier. If you could just uh, briefly uh, go back over um, what you said about fertility um, and breastfeeding. Can you talk about that just one more time briefly for us? Yeah, of course. So for right now, we are unclear or unsure of what the effects of fertility may be um, because the vaccine was not studied for a long enough period. Um, however, with breastfeeding, um, how it works is that you press, you 
pass on antibodies from the mother to the child. Um, so it's very beneficial that mothers do get the vaccine because their bodies are making the um, those antibodies, just like how we get vaccines for everything else. Like we talked about uh, pertussis, um, measles, mumps, and all of that. We get those vaccines, we already have those antibodies within us. So when we're passing that on, we, we allow for that time period before the child is able to get the vaccines. They're also kind of covered by the mom. So it's good that we can get moms uh, before they get pregnant because there's still trials right now for pregnant mothers. Um, so before you get pregnant to get the vaccine um, so that you will be able to pass on those antibodies. However, there are no clear um, trials are no clear evidence that shows that there's any effects against the fertility of individuals. So like I said, I mean, get it before you get pregnant, but then we don't know whether or not there has any effects on fertility. Dr. Drayden, is, is there a term that you would best suggest? This is my own selfish question. Um, is there a term that you would best suggest as far as like, if you are pregnant uh, for the mother to have or receive the vaccine? Is there a specific term that you would suggest that's probably the best time to do so or no, it doesn't matter. So I would definitely say, um, so if I'm not mistaken, I think, I know Alexis, you said six months. Um, I feel like if we get within that good time period, because you really need to give yourself a good six months anyways, before you say, oh, I want to just go ahead and have a baby. You need to start preparing, whether it's vitamin wise and all of that. So getting the vaccines and all of that, that's like a good kind of cushion period. And then you say, okay, I'm gonna go ahead and get pregnant. Um, so you can give your body enough chance to create the antibodies, do what you need to do as far as, you know, building your immune system up. Thank you. A great question, Dr. Freddie. So I wanna close this out, uh, but I wanna first uh, say thank you again to everyone who attended and wanna give our panelists um, each 30 seconds to a minute to just share, um, you know, final thought. And I say final, but really, understanding this is an ongoing conversation. Um, so again, I'll post y'all's bio in the chat. So for anyone who wants to connect with y'all individually, uh, feel free to do so um, via LinkedIn. Um, but we'll start in the same way we, excuse me, we'll finish the same way we started uh, with Alexis, then Dr. Drayton, then Dr. Frakes, and then Tunde. But his final words of wisdom, thought, excellence uh, for those uh, who joined us today. Yeah, um, I just wanna say that for those that are skeptical or still on the fence, do your research. Um, I think of it like um, Tunde mentioned, the benefits outweigh the risks with, the, with this vaccine. So um, do your research. I would recommend getting it, but also, um, you know, this is your decision. So um, there's nothing, nothing that's mandatory yet, um, but highly recommended to receive the vaccine. Going on with it too, I definitely, I appreciate you all for being here and learning more about it and asking these questions so that you can all share this information with your family and friends as well. So we can continue to put that information out there. Um, thank you, Tim. And thank you, Harry, for having this so that we can, you know, share our platforms. Um, everyone just get the vaccine. But like I said, it's, like you said, it's ultimately your decision, but please get it. <laughs> Uh, no, I want to say thank you, uh, Tim and Harry, for inviting me on and everything. I definitely learned a lot. As you see now, I have my pen writing. I ran out of ink, so I was definitely taking notes with everything. So, um, And everyone here asked great questions, and I definitely was very thankful for the panelists I was on, the co-panelists I was on. Um, and like Alexis said, please do your research, and then also take in consideration your own individual situation and based upon that and what your decision is. Um, and then also be mindful of your resources and the information you're get, where you're getting it from. Uh, so there's some great information and resources that everyone here listed. 
um, especially when you have those government-based uh, sites or when you have as far as the CDC, that's obviously going to be the, the most credible source. Um, and I know we like to question those things because we have all the other information coming in, but please just definitely have those conversations. Don't be scared to ask questions and, and just be mindful of where you're getting the information from. Yeah, so first and foremost, thank you to everybody for attending. Tim, Harry, thank you for putting this on. Um, Dr. Drayton, Alexis, Matt, thank y'all for, you know, contributing to the panel. Um, like everybody said, just, you know, do your research. Um, you can never do enough research. Make sure that it's credible. Make sure that it's legitimate. I understand that, you know, the fear of the unknown can sometimes, you know, kind of uh, guide your thinking. But at some point, you know, you, you have to start thinking for yourself um, and you have to start making um, you know decisions that don't necessarily just impact you but those around you um, again this is a public health issue um, can't stress that enough and um, you know I'm just appreciative for safe space conversations such as these where we can kind of come together and, and share our stories share our experiences because at the end of the day um, that's all we really got so thank you yeah, I also want to say thank you to everyone for uh, attending. I don't think you all can hear enough thank yous tonight. Um, and then especially to the panel, thank you all for sharing your expertise and, and, and just guiding us on how to have these sort of conversations with our circles, our communities, where we work, where we live. I think that's super uh, important moving forward. Um, I think in addition to that, I want to just um, commend you all, uh, panelists, for the work that you're doing in your communities um, to sort of help lead this, sort of uh, lead the pack on um, getting folks not only vaccinated, but educated on um, what we're dealing with. I think that's such an important tool right now um, as we continue to work through this pandemic. Um, I did not think, I didn't know what this was going to come of when Tim texted me on uh, March 5th, but I'm so, so happy that I responded. Um, it's hard to tell Tim no anyways, but um, I'm so happy I responded and we were able to have this conversation I've learned a lot and I know that I'm gonna take a lot back to my community and my circles as well. So again, thank you all so much for, for being with us tonight. Awesome, so last but not least, Alexis, Dr. Drayton, uh, Dr. Frakes and Tunde, I'm not gonna say thank y'all, but really appreciate y'all. Um, definitely came in as strangers that we left and are leaving as family. Uh, for everyone else, y'all are also part of our family. And like uh, I know I always say, y'all continue to hear, uh, but community work is community success. Uh, to, Kayla, the Dr. Drayton's in a two days point. It's something about her, her mentality. I can't even say that damn word. Uh, but get your papers, get your get vaccinated, get eliminated, uh, get your freedom papers because we traveling uh, back to game only uh, summer 2021. Yeah, so, uh, back to game only until today. Uh, but I'm sending y'all a recording of this session for you all to a review or watch, but also share with your family, uh, with your community as well. Uh, but as always, all, as always, we're walking. I uh, appreciate y'all and be safe. Have a good night. Thank <laughs> you.